Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I enjoyed that more than I thought I would. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. Liverpool got the first win of the season. Lovely little 3-1 win over Bournemouth. I'm going to discuss that. Um, just wanted to start off by saying rest in peace to Michael. Obviously, the young Everton fan who sadly died working on the Bramley Moor Stadium. Um, great tribute by in the ground yesterday. Thought it was a, a lovely touch. I didn't expect anything different, but it, it was it was great to see a really, really nice touch. Um, and yeah, just thoughts to his family. Yeah, um, same. Obviously, horrible time for his family and his friends and that. Um, not a nice situation at all. Say, everyone at Liverpool's give the condolences to him and I think the cop showed the respect. The whole ground stood up for him. A blue flag on the cop with an Everton badge on with his name. Um, carried by two staunch Liverpool fans, one of which an old person, Carl, and an arm which he hates Everton. So, for him to do something like that just shows you how much like this is bigger than football. So fair play to the lads with the flag, fair play to everyone involved, and you know rest in peace to Michael because yeah, it is a fucking sad situation. Yeah, like I say, these things are bigger than football, and it's it's I'm, I'm it's always nice to see when something so unfortunate and sad like this does happen that you know the city does come together with it. It's always good to see. So. Um, yeah, like you say, just thinking of the family, great by the by the fans and everyone in the stadium. And yeah, again, just thinking of his family. Um, but on onto the match itself. Um, now I I didn't get to watch it. Uh, I was working, trying to find the stream for the first half and just failing miserably. Gave up in the end. So I I've only really got match of the day to go off. But Jay, obviously, you were there. Um, first impressions in the flesh then of. Soberslight, I think, from what I've seen and what I've heard and stuff like that, he ran the game. It was like he was unbelievable. Yeah, lad, it was like being in a time fucking warp or whatever you want to call it, seeing a number eight running rings around players, knocking the ball past them and receiving it the other side of a player, playing simple passes but effective passes, long passes, being creative, running down the wing, running through the middle. Absolutely everywhere. He was, you know, what we discussed the other week about wanting a player who could like be similar to Gerard and a player similar to Alonso and then Mascarano. I think with, with him, he he looks he looks a very fitting tribute to that number eight shirt. At the moment, there was times where you forgot who he was and who he wasn't because he is that good. Yeah, no, he looked he looked brilliant. Um, I think match of the day highlighted them. Um. And yeah, he was just everywhere, dribbling past players, um, just taking people on. He's not afraid. Like he, he looks. He doesn't look. He doesn't play his age. If you know what I mean. Like he, he's only twenty two, and he plays like a much, much more mature player. He's got, he's got a proper. You can tell he's got a really good football brain. 
Yeah, he doesn't force anything either. He sort of knows the right time to do the, the gambles and the right time to just play a simple a simple pass. He's just yeah, he, he looks very educated on the ball. The knowledge of the game, the way he can spin and he knows where he's gonna play it straight away. It's the the, the stuff of dreams really when you're watching a football match live. You can get a, a crowd to stand up in an instant and proper really, really enjoyable to see him in the flesh like. Yeah. Um the obviously McAllister home debut as well. Uh, following in the footsteps of Darwin Nunes getting a red on his home debut, but let's be honest, worst decision I've ever seen. Probably, I don't think that decision will be topped this season. I genuinely don't. It's a casual worst decision I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just it's like, that mind boggling. I mean, in the middle of the cop, so you can't really see the, the details of how close he is to it in the player or whatever. Obviously, seeing the highlights. I think from the reaction from everyone around the proximity of the, the incident, it wasn't a it wasn't a red card. Everyone was shocked. Players were shocked. Coaches were shocked. Fans on the lower level were shocked. No one could believe it. And then obviously we're getting text messages through saying it's an absolute fucking farce that it's a red card, especially when he hasn't even made a tackle to Mary Yellow at any point in the game. He's not mm. like walking on pin ice. Do you know what I mean? He hasn't yeah. done anything. Game so it's fucking literally a 50 50, and the pair of them don't get the ball, they make contact mm. with each other. It's more like a clash of shins than it is anything else. There's fucking nothing in it at all. But uh, I'd have been, I'd possibly said, they'd be disappointed if it was a yellow card because they've both done the same thing at yeah. each other. So, yeah, ridiculous. And again, that fucking turning on VAR, what is the fucking point in them? What's the point in the referees? Like, why hasn't the referee not give a red card and then waited for VAR to say that's a red card? Because you knew it wouldn't have come. Yeah. Because it wasn't a red card. So it's fucking stupid. You've got well, to, you've it. Got I mean, distant lads. You've got a big. If the challenge uh, linesman not to put up the flag, let the VAR make decisions like that, do the same with the refs. Situations like that, that can ruin a game of football. We played mm. fucking 10 men for 40 odd minutes. For what? What do they want to do? Do you want to stop making decisions and let VAR get them in the air? Listen, you've missed this. That is a red card. That sounds, sorry, red card. Don't mm. give the red card because VAR can't overrule it. Yeah, no, I think for me, it's with VAR there, you can kind of go, if the ref is in the in the, in the the moment, he's gone, yeah, red card and give the red. Fair enough. To him, it might have looked like a red. You can accept that. It's, it's a quick, he's got to make a quick decision. But that's the whole point of VAR being there. With VAR there, that should be there to go, you know what, you've got this one wrong, go and have a look. Even if he sent him to have a look and then he's still decided, you know what, I think this is a red. You kind of just go, well, it's wrong, but at least you fucking had a look. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you haven't even properly checked it. But like you say, you've got Paul Tierney, who we've had issues with, and then the assistant VAR was the one who fucking slapped Robbo. So yeah. it's like, where do we go from there? How, how do you... It's not it's not gonna help fucking the situation with Portini next time he referees a Liverpool game, is it? I don't think he'll get one again, lad, to be honest. He shouldn't do. Um yeah, I just think it's crazy, lad. I think it's crazy that it just keeps happening and it's that the league's too big and too important to have fucking dickheads running it. You know what I mean? Even in the rugby, the rugby, the referee isn't sure of something. You, you hear him on his earpiece, he asks for help, he asks for assistance. Listen, I'm gonna make this decision. Am I right? Yeah, you are, no, you're wrong. 
this is why you're wrong, this is why you're right. Do it that way. Fucking yeah. say, I think that's a red why I keep pushing me fucking ear in like I've got the <laughs> <laughs> uh, I keep I think that's a red card. That what do you think? Ah, uh, actually, I don't think it is. Maybe go and have a look. And you can overrule us if you want. But at the end of the day, that's what they're there for. They're there to help you if you if you're unsure or you're gonna make a wrong decision. And it's fucking every single time it's happening. But with two games in and there's already been two decisions go against us in two games. I fucking yeah. and ball that should have given us three points. And then that that could have cost us three points. But luckily enough, we didn't we didn't go down in the gears once that red card came in. We we carried on plodding on. Yeah. Um, I'm fair play to Liverpool for doing that because we could have sat back deep and, and stopped playing football and just hung on, but we didn't as well. No, we didn't. Um, just to talk about the, the goal Bournemouth squad, obviously they fucking started like a house on fire. Um, the one that got disallowed straight away, which we were we were lucky in, especially with Allison. Um, you know, could have very easily got given if they decided that the defender had made a deliberate touch of the ball, which I think we did get away with it to be honest. If that if that's the criteria they were looking at. Um but then to concede the other one as well, it was it was a shambles at the beginning. Um what did did they look threatening after that or was it just like they had this hot start and then that was it? No, to be fair, lads, I think the first twenty minutes we looked shaky. Allison made a few mistakes, didn't look as comfortable self. The the back line, the shape was just gone. Say Trent was giving the ball away and as soon as he'd lose the ball in the middle, they'd come right through us. And it is, it's very difficult to watch serious player back three with the ball and then watch it sign transition into a back four or a back five without it because it doesn't happen. It just mm. doesn't happen. We don't have, we don't put that shape. It just stays a back three no matter whether we've got it or we haven't. Um, yeah, fair play to Bournemouth. He created a few chances. There was a few times where he went down the wing and put the ball across the box and he fired it over. Things like that. Um, we probably probably were lucky to to walk away with three points in the sense of the chances they created compared to what we created. But over the, the course of the game, like Liverpool were a, a lot better. They were yeah. a well better team. They were a good counter-attacking team. When we lost possession, they broke very fast. But I think for the majority of the game, it was Liverpool were doing the stuff we'd expect. And I think... I don't know if the atmosphere was, was electric at times because of it. We were going in for loose balls and winning it. You've got like of Shabbos like winning the ball back in our half and pumping it to the fans, giving it to them. And it just got everyone up. So it was a bit of a feisty game. But fam, fans were a bit aggy. In, not, not with the players or anything, just in the way we were feeling. We were yeah. proper up for it. It was the Liverpool roar was back. We were fucking shouting for every throw and every corner, everything. And yet, I think I think that eventually bled onto the pitch, and the something just clicked in Liverpool after twenty minutes. Well, to be fair, it was after twenty six minutes, and I think that was fitting as well for Michael Jones. You know, you've got two yeah. lads walking an Everton banner round the goal. They were one 0 down, and as soon as the the banner's about to get put away on twenty seven minutes, Louis Diaz scores. Yeah. So I think it was um, again the the eruption from the Liverpool fans during that that minute applause and just singing if you never walk alone for his family and stuff. I think that went onto the pitch as well. Everything just picked up from then on. Yeah. Um, you Obviously, we go into next week, we've got Newcastle, St. James's Park. Um, obviously, I know they got beat yesterday by City. But if we have a start like we did yesterday, next Sunday, 
can we afford that? Do, will we come back from that against Newcastle? Not a chance, no. They, they put three or four past you in 20 minutes if you play like that. And, you know, we I think we had our little knee-jerk reaction last week, didn't we, where we were panicking about playing fucking anyone and everyone. Yeah. I did say on that podcast that I know for a fact Bournemouth to score a goal because our defence is too leaky. Um, I think Newcastle have definitely scored one or two past us, but I think we're capable of scoring three or four. And that's just the, the thing with us at the moment until we show that defence up and that system clicks. But no, we can't afford to be making them. It's not even like the mistakes we're making. It's the sent news of the ball for one of them and he doesn't get back. He doesn't try to get back mm. and the back three are exposed. But the gaps between the back three, when you're playing a back three, you should sort of be within the vicinity of the, the lines of your box. So the left side of the box, Robbo, right side, Canate, Central, Van Dijk. So you're in a close knit of unity sort of thing. They're not. Robbo's still left back, but he's left centre back. He's still playing by the touchline, and Canati's yeah. get dragged out to the right, and there's just gaps everywhere. And it's 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 hard watching it from behind the goal as opposed to on the telly. You can see it. You can plug. You can like. You can literally go if he passes that ball into that area. Now we've got fucking nobody to defend it. Only Van Dijk because Canati's not getting over from the right in the in the time he needs to, and yeah. Arnold floating around the middle like a free spirit. But then, as I say, after the, the odd 20 minutes, it started working then. I think that Sobersly was coming back deep, winning the ball, and he, he was everywhere. And then you got McAllister doing it as well. I just, Gakpo was everywhere. I think it just clicked that this, they sort of went, yeah, we need to do a little bit more here for the defence. And once they started doing it, we looked all right. But it shouldn't yeah, be yeah. that way. shouldn't need... You're attacking players to, to have to defend all, all game. But no, hopefully, no, Ed sort that issue for the time being until hopefully we get another one in. Yeah. I was just about to come to him. Obviously, managed to come on. Um, think don't think Klopp was too happy about the time he, he ended up coming on. I don't think he wanted them to play quite that much in the game. But um, when he did come on, how, how did he play? I've seen a few little bits of him winning the ball back. Um, the stats for what he did do seemed okay, to be fair. But as I said, I didn't get a chance to see him, really. Yeah, he came on. He had the, the ovation the new week. He had a little moan at the dickheads on Twitter. He was moaning that he wasn't worth 100 mil and stuff like that. And I say, we haven't really discussed him, have we? Um, no. You're linked with Casado one moment, and then the next minute, he's gone. Your, your prime target, Lavi, is gone. And you're ending up with some fellow we don't know. But I think we've all looked at us on YouTube We've all looked at his stats. We've all listened to what the journalists say in Germany. We've all read up on what Stuttgart fans are saying. And it looks like a shrewd bit of business. Yeah, mm. he's 30, but he's got many less miles in the tank. Played mm. than the likes of Fabinho and Henderson and Milner. And people need to realise, I think that's what, what he's replacing. I don't think he's replacing Fabinho. He's replacing an Henderson or a Milner who ain't going to play all the time, hopefully. But he came on, first thing he's done. Nice little tackle, no foul, won the ball, simple pass, and he's done that over and over again. Um, looked a little bit slow, but again, he's come on in a game where we've got 10 men, and his, <laughs> his is the hardest role to play when you're defending against 11 men. Mm. So, I loved what I loved about him is how he, he keeps it simple. He, do, he looked for Zobbis Light, and then he was looking for Ravi area, he was looking for Saleh. Things like, you know, looking for players that we're going to do something 
so he could stay in position, wasn't getting in and marching forwards. When there was space to move, he moved. And the best part of his game was bringing players down when we needed to. Three or four times, they broke through the middle, where we usually stand off. He brought his kick, come down, dragged them, pulled them, free kick on the halfway line. That's what stopped the play, broke the play up. And that's what we've absolutely been desperate for for, for mm. two years. Someone to just foul. Man City are kings of it. If, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. if you've got a chance of getting in between them, you get brought down. You get brought down and nothing said of it because they are little tactical fouls that don't, they're not dirty. They just stop your progression and we've needed it. So I was delighted to see that happen. Yeah. Now, like you said about him, he, he seems a shrewd bit of business. Um, everyone who's watched German football seems to say that it's a fucking really under the radar, underrated signing. Um, and then obviously the ones who've never seen him or heard of him in their life, he, he's shit. So, um, I said I said that on Twitter the other day. It's it's funny how that works. But look, he might not be worth a hundred mil, but at least he's not coming on giving the ball away in his first touch, giving a penalty away on his debut, like a certain Mister Casado. <laughs> like just to, just to go off just to go off track for a minute. Like when he gave that penalty away, I fully belly laughed, lad. I was howling. Uh, he really struggled. He came yeah. on, lost the ball with his first touch. Tried a wonder shot, fucking right over the bar. Was misplacing passes, was getting ghosted past. He struggled. Don't get me wrong, he's a great player, Casado, but I am going to be fickle here if I'm going to back you up because I wanted him more than anything. I wanted him based on what I'd seen last season and nothing else. Didn't know what type of person he was, what attitude. And I know we do the dickhead test, and obviously we wanted him, but. Even his face, he's just got a punchable face. You just don't like. I just so when he come on for Chelsea there, at no point did I think I wish you were coming on for us there. I just didn't like his face. Yeah, that's that's all I can say. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know I don't want to be many things this season non Liverpool related that give me just so much fucking happiness in a, in just one little moment. It was a It was brilliant and. For me, it it half justified not getting him. So fuck it. Um, but now back back to us. Obviously, um, I think you said it before. The the intensity we still kept with ten men was, for me, a welcome thing because I think that's one thing we've lacked recently is is intensity. Um, which which is mad when you think about it because we're unbeaten in twelve Premier League games. Um, yeah. so if we can if we can I think if we can bring that intensity back in, and still even if we don't play that well, because I don't think yesterday we really did play that well from what I made him, but we, we got the win. It's kind of like what we were doing a few years ago is not really playing well, but being clinical. Um, If we can start doing that again, lad, even if we do concede a, a goal every game or every other game or something like that, I think we'll, we'll do well, but it's uh, it's it's going to be, it's going to be a difficult season. I think everybody around us is improving. Um, Obviously, City are just City are City. That's just leave them and that. Arsenal have obviously improved quite well in the summer. Um, Newcastle have, have bought well. I think that Tenali looks a great signing for them. Um, United are shit, so that's fun. Um, <laughs> and then like Chelsea are just. I don't, I, well, I don't. Let's just leave them there. But yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I think I said it on this this other podcast I was on the other day. I think the top. I think the fight for the sort of third and fourth places is going to be between us 
Um, I actually said Chelsea, us Chelsea and and Newcastle. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season. It'd be fun to see how we do cope with the Thursday night games and stuff like that, and playing Thursday Sunday every other week. Um, it's gonna be a test, but I don't think we're done in the in the market. So I don't think that that's probably something they're looking at. And you know, you got to look at Endo. He's gonna. I think he's gonna be a starter in the Europa League, not a starter in the league necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well. It is. It's interesting with what we're going to do in the market now. I, I think Enzo comes in and he's, he's obviously saved us a lot of money and what we were going for. For instance, if if we get him instead of Lavia, I know Lavia's only 19, he's, he could prosper to be a brilliant player in the future. But right now, what we need is a little bit of calm, a little bit of experience. And if we can go and get someone who's about 23, 24 from Palace to Corey and get him in the middle as well, <laughs> um, that would be absolutely sound. And I'd be all over it. But that's what we need. We need a team we can rotate. Like you need a player who's gonna you don't you don't have to play a, a complete whole midfield in every game. Because sometimes you don't believe that your opponent merits it. You mm. know what I mean? There's, there's sometimes you just go fucking go all out attack and kill these. Let's put four past them and then maybe bring one on. Leave it that, shore it up. But say we had our little meltdown last week where I thought Newcastle could Challenge City could challenge Arsenal. I thought we were going to fucking get relegated. It's just <laughs> the way it is after after we played against Chelsea. But seeing that, seeing how we held ourselves with ten men, um, and the way we were like confident on the ball, little moments of brilliance from individuals and some lovely team football as well. You can see, you can see what we're about again. You can see we're going to press. You can see we're going to fight. We're going to work hard. We just need to win all our own games, and if we can keep the atmosphere the way it was the other day, and then you've got a good chance because it was just um, it felt big. It felt like a big moment. Mm. The atmosphere was spot on. So yeah, I think we need to we we'll rotate the squad for, for different cups um, and different league games, and that's what it's about having a squad. Man City can do it. Arsenal can do it. We need to be able to do it too. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, couple of little talking points from the game then so obviously Salah at the penalty missed scored the rebound is it time to take Salah off pens? No you could end up you could end him doing that you could he's missed it and then he's put it in so as far as I'm concerned he's scored if it keeps happening what's he missed he's missed five hasn't he? Well he missed he missed two of sort of successive games I don't know if they were actually successive games but he missed two on the trot Last season, didn't he? And then I think he scored his last one before, before yesterday. I think he so. only missed five. Hmm. So, you know, I think if you take that off him, I think that's a kick in the balls for him, really. But obviously, football's business. So, if we think there's someone there better than him, Sabah's like possibly. Hmm. I don't think he ever missed one. And he goes the same fucking way every time as well. Um, but even that, rotate that. You don't need a designated penalty taker, really. Hmm. So honest, I just I just don't think he looks I don't think he looks comfortable taking pens. Like you look at the way Milner took a pen and I might I might be over I might be looking too much into this like but you never got you never got a sense ever that Milner was gonna miss him. Obviously I don't think he ever did for us. But he was just calm, he was cool. And even the way he took it, lad, he just he just pass it in, you know what I mean? Whereas Salah decides to fucking put his foot through every pen. And yeah. I think the keepers telegraph it a bit too much and 
obviously some of them he's missed. I just I say I just I just don't think he looks that comfortable taking them. I think it's like he's been given them and he'll take I I, I actually part of me thinks I don't think he'd mind getting took off them. I think like you say you got Sobberslide like there. There's been people on Twitter there of saying uh seeing saying get McAllister on them. Um we've we've got a you know we've got a few technicians in there now we probably would take a, a better penalty than than Salah but I do I do agree at the same time it could it could be detrimental if you start going all right you've missed two now so fuck off go away from pens I think that could that could ruin them I, I I can see it from both both sides if you like yeah I think if you send the coach over to him and say listen like practicing pens whatever you've missed the f- five out your last whatever um do you think it's time to give someone else a go and if he says yeah Sound if he says no, then you go right, fair enough, score your next one and you remain the penalty taker. Simple as that, things like that. You do it with, I think it's it is all based on stats though. Because remember a conversation about Trent being the free kick taker by the goal, and if he'd have missed this next free kick, he wasn't on them anymore and he scored. <laughs> I think it was Hoffenheim, mm. um, years ago, like, but yeah, you just got to. You don't want to upset the apple cart too much on a penalty, really. You don't. No. We don't get many anyway. So, yeah, just let the best one, of the best players in the world, carry on taking them for all I care. Like, but yeah. say, it could be a thing where whoever makes it takes it. Sort of thing. I wouldn't mind doing the Arsenal's league shit with that. So, it's like gets fouled in the box. Where there's your ball, take it. Yeah, I agree. I've always. I mean, I've got enough I've players. That idea. Whoever's going to be in the box and around the box is probably capable of taking a penalty for Liverpool. You'd imagine. Hmm. Yeah, speaking of the penalty, um, obviously, from where I don't know where you were you in the cop yesterday, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So end. from, so it would have been hard for you to tell from there, but I'm assuming you've seen it since. Do you think it was a penalty? Do you think we got a bit lucky with it? I haven't watched any highlights after it, lads. Oh, so you? I, I screamed for it straight away. Hmm. He just literally sold him down the river, moved the ball out of his way, and he swung his leg at him. He's gone over it. Um, penalty. <laughs> My car. I mean. It's one of them. I think the contact was was very minimal, um, and I think it probably falls under that category. Is if the ref hadn't give it, I don't think it would have got overturned. I I do think it was a penalty. I think it was. I do think it was a bit softer. Um, but like you say, he's he's stuck his leg out. He's been he's been a bit rash with it. Sober slides, and he has and he has connected with him. As I say it's minimal, but it was there. Um. But when you consider all the ones we haven't got over the year is, you know, when Salah's getting fucking put in headlocks and shit like that and we're not getting anything, I think we, we deserve a soft, a soft one every now and again. Yeah, we've had some soft ones against us, lad. Um, you know, remember Robbo on Welbeck when he literally did his toe and yeah. he went down. That cost us points last minute of a game. But yeah, we're older. Old a bit of luck somewhere, but... Say so from where I was, it looked like he's tried to, to go with the ball and his, his pat's been prevented by that leg. So he's gone down, fair play, penalty. But I haven't seen it since. Definitely. I went out after it. So Yeah, and we'll, I'll ask you about that in a minute. Because obviously <laughs> it was uh, it was it was big for you personally as well. So I will I will ask you to talk a little bit about that at the end as well. But um the other obvious thing that's going on around on Twitter at the minute is a. Uh, Jürgen Klopp shouting at at the fans. Now, to be honest, I've heard the video. I don't even think it sounded like Klopp. Um, but then who else is going to say, stop singing that shit? But anyway, um, 
obviously Klopp has supposedly had a go at the fans for singing uh, I'm so glad at about I think it was about 18 minutes wasn't it um, yeah. he's been very vocal about it in the past he said he doesn't want the focus to be on him he wants it to be on the players sing it after the games if you want I'm not bothered then um, I think did, did you have were you part of an audience with Jürgen Klopp at some point where <laughs> no, but he mentioned it there he as well, didn't he? It on everyone. <laughs> there I was, yeah. I spent the evening in the presence of Jürgen and he <laughs> said it there. We sang it to him there and he looked as uncomfortable as a man could fucking look in a room of other men. It was weird. Like when you do and you when you do think of it, there's a man sat on a stage and we're all just singing at him. You know As other men though. Like it's yeah. not even kids, it's like you're and sat just, there watching yeah. other men. Sing your name at you. It's like that is a bit weird when you just say yeah. it like that. No way to put us out, lad. But <laughs> you know, we fucking adore him, and it, it's times like that where when you're out with him and you're, he's speaking, you can see he enjoys it a bit, but he looks uncomfortable. He looks a little bit too what, humble, sort of thing. Mm. But this isn't about that. This is about he said time and time again that he doesn't want his name to be sung until the game is over. And the reason being is that he believes, and whether it's right or wrong, that it only gets sung when the fans think the game's won and he doesn't like it. Yeah. Because the game's not won until the final whistle goes. And it stems from a game a couple of years ago when we were winning by two two goals, maybe three, and the team we were playing came back and put like two past us and we were fucking panicking. He even said and, that after Tottenham last year, last season. Yeah, when obviously with 3-0 um, and then obviously they, they come back to 3 all, and then obviously we get the winner and it was boss because it was Richarlison's goal that never won it uh, never got him a point but he, he said it after I think he said it about that game as well it's like we started singing it at 3-0 thinking the game's over and then or in his mind anyway that we think the game's over and then they come back it's like I, I understand it I think there's people I think people are over Making it out to be a bigger issue than it than it is. He's not trying to say don't sing it. He's just trying to say sing it before the game or after the game. Don't sing it during the game. No, well, I've had a few. I've had a few back and forth with people today, and obviously people are entitled to their opinions. You've got lads fucking proper heavy match going red. You go every game home and away saying, "Tell them to shut the fuck up. We're paying our money. We can sing what the fuck we want," which I get. But when you've got mm. the man with the songs about saying, "Don't sing it, please." then you've got to just respect it, I think. He doesn't want it sung between the fucking first and 90th minute. He actually said when we were at the Shankly, you know, if, if we're 5-0 up and they've got 10 men or something and there's only one minute to go, then yeah, by all means, but not when. There's still time on the clock. Mm. So, um, you know, you've got to just respect it. He doesn't want it. It does, people are saying it's it's a Liverpool song that should boost the players. It doesn't. It's not about any of the players. It's not about the football club. It's about Jürgen Klopp. And it's also mentioning winning a Premier League. Now, I know we have won the Premier League, but, you know, we've got to be realistic as well. We've got to sing the songs that match the mood in, this, in the stadium and the way the club directing at the minute. And the same as singing like fucking Alay, Alay, Alay against Bournemouth in the league. Fuck off. Not a, we're not, not a European game against DC Milan or whoever. Don't sing Bring On Your International against Bournemouth. It's fucking stop it. Sing yeah. to songs in domestic games. Sing every song for the players. Jota's has got two songs. Nunes has got a shit chant. Gakpo hasn't got a song. Trabbersley hasn't got a song. McAllister hasn't got a song. Jota's has got two. 
but there's like there's not enough going on for the players. We should in fucking hell, you were brought up on tails of like lads warming up and every single player from the goalie to the left back to the centre mid to the fucking forward having a song in the warm up before they even come back out to play the match and they'd all clap the fans. Now we've got fucking some players with two songs, some with all and it's stupid. They're every player yeah. a song and if a fucking manager says, do us a favour, don't sing my song until the game's won, then just do it. Yeah. No, again, it's one of them. Imagine him walking to the centre circle after swatting Man United or someone, knowing what he's about to do, singing his song as fucking loud as he possibly can, him pumping his chest, and then off he goes with his fist pumps. That's what it, That's what he wants. That's what we should do. That's fine. Mm. I'll do that all, all game, every game. Yeah. Yeah, and people are saying, oh, he moans when the atmosphere is shit and he, he moans when we're singing the song. But it's like, that's different because we have had games where the atmosphere has been dead. And it's not even just... in. It's not even just us. I've watched the, pretty much every game since the Premier League's come back and Newcastle was shit last week, their atmosphere. West Ham was shit today, their atmosphere. It's a, it atmosphere game seems to be dying until something meaningful happens. And I remember going back, I'm going back 15, 20 years here, like, but going, even going a game then, lad, it didn't matter what the score was. The atmosphere was unbelievable. Like, yeah. I remember going to Chelsea and watching Jabby Alonso get his ankle broke by Thiago and then, and then going on to score. And you didn't, you didn't shut up all game. You were stood all game. You didn't shut up and, but we lost. It's like, that's, that's what the atmosphere used to be. And it, it's, it's becoming a thing around just football in general now that I think, I don't know if it's be something to do with the cost of tickets like that. The cost of tickets are so high that it's 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 going to the wrong sort of target, if you like. It's going to the ones who are thinking, I've paid me money, I'm gonna sit and watch the match. It's like and that's fair enough. There's always gonna be people like that at the game, no matter what happens. But it seems like the ones who can afford it and wanna go and sing and stand for the full game. You, there was even people moaning about the safe standing on, on Twitter I seen. Um yeah. Which, if you again, want to go, you want to go and watch the match from sitting down, go to the pub, or go in the main stands or the the Sir Kenny. Don't go yeah. in the standing part. It's as simple as that. By all means, if you've got some sort of fucking ailment where you can't stand for ninety minutes, me dad probably couldn't stand for ninety minutes, but he will sit down and he'll fucking listen to what's going on around him before he told you want to sit down. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He fucking get the vibe off the atmosphere. Just fucking stand up when something meaningful is happen happening. He would mm. never fucking dare to say someone in front of him, sit down, mate. Because no. he, he'd flip if someone done it to him. So you've just got to gotta put the game into perspective. There's a lot of people who have spent the hard-earned money, some of it fucking a day's wages, to go to the football, to get all the fucking energy out and enjoy it. And that you do that by standing up, singing, shouting, and being in the moment. These people who want to go and watch it, either go to the pub or go to the sides, because... The fucking behind the goals, not for you anymore, unfortunately. Hmm. I think part of the issue with it is, and I've seen someone say this on Twitter, is that they've obviously decided which stands are now the safe standing ones or the temporary, temporary seating one, like you said, uh, optional seating rather. Sorry, um, but you know, there's people saying, "Well, change where you're sitting," and it's like, but the club, people are saying the club won't let them until next year. So I was like, if the if people if they're saying for people to move and go to stands where it's seating only, then yet they should, but the club should have given them that option if they were deciding to make the stands optional seating. I think to say, to just go, right, this is safe standing now and you can't move until next year if you want to stay seated all game. There's a dead simple solution to that. Dead simple. 
the, the lower part of the cop is disabled and there's a few rows of seats behind them. The lower part of the lower Annie, up to row six or seven, is seated only for the people who chose to sit only. So what you do is you speak to everyone who's got season tickets and who goes to every game in that stand. You send out an email and you say, right, would you like to sit or stand? And if you get 200 people say sit, you'd extend the sitting area from six to ten. And that's mm. it. Dead easy. It's not hard. No. So simple. Or you literally, what I'd do, because me, me and my dad aren't tall, and when we were in the back of that lower Annie against Leeds last season or the season before, we couldn't see. We fucking filled it with giants. Me and my dad at the back of the lower Annie. You can't see anything anyway. We couldn't see anything. There's literally big fellas in front of us. So what we went down to the front of the Annie and just said, can we get in there? So that's all you do. Excuse me, if you want to, can I sit down where you're stood and you go and stand where I was sat? Make, that's all you do, lad. There's no big fucking thing about it. You go and stand with your mates where you can. And when someone wants to sit down, you let them sit where you are and you move behind them. Yeah. No, I, I imagine there is probably something very simple to a solution to it, and it might just be that. Um, but I don't know, from what <laughs> from the dealings I've seen with the club and stuff like that, it seems they try and make every situation more difficult than it has to be. Um, and this just think like people are doing merchants as well. Like, who, who's, why are you taking a photo of a lad stood up anyway? Yeah. Stood up at the match, middle of the game, the game's on, the players are behind them. Like taking a photo of him to moan to people on Twitter. Just say, just tap him on the shoulder and go, excuse me, mate. Any chance I can sit there so I can see the match? Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would have, that would have, but then at the same time, it's like if he's in the Annie Road in a predominantly seated section, like he says he is, you know, if he asks, if he says, can I it's sit there though. and you stand, that, I mean, I'm just going off what he said is the only one I've, he's the main one I've seen to be fair. So I don't, I don't know myself. Yeah. Um, so the lower Annie is up to, from the from the ground to row six is seated and then it's all safe standing. And that's why it's got it's not mm. called seating with stands or seating and stand. It's called safe standing. It's there to stand safely. That's and mm. with an optional seat. So if you choose to sit down and someone choose to stand up, they're in the right. You want to sit down, by all means sit down, but it's at the risk of missing the match. What it is, unlucky. Yeah. Fucking yeah. the way it is, it's brilliant that they've done it. I'm made up, they've done it. The atmosphere, it's the best atmosphere in an open game I've seen for fucking years. It's superb. There was a proper mm. buzz about the place and uh, that Liverpool ball was back, as I said before, when we're winning balls and balls going out for a corner or we're throwing a tackle in, it's that raw, that, because that raw where it's, you're fucking, you've got to take a breath to get out your fucking seat now. I'm in my 30s. I can't <laughs> just score anymore. I've got to take a big deep breath and prepare. So when you're already stood up, and you're already up and you're already hanging over the railings and bouncing and throwing your fist, all that intensity and your emotion just fucking flies out instantly. That's yeah. what I think about that. And as daft as that sounds, lad, like I'm a little arm man, that little getting up motion does take a bit out of people. Mm. And that, you know what I mean? I think there was, yeah. a, there was a lot of difference in everyone just standing up and it was, it was brilliant, lad. Mm. I loved it. Well, like, and, as I say, lad, you go back, you go back to like, the early 2000s and sort of well, early to late 2000s, let's say, and even before it was safe standing, you'd go to the game and you'd, you'd sit down during the warm-up. As soon as the game started, you'd stand. When it got to half-time, you'd sit down, second half kicks off, you stand up again, and that was it, and then you get off. 
That's yeah. what it used to be. And the stu- but the thing is, the stewards just weren't asking because everyone done it. They can't tell fucking 45,000 people to sit down, can they? You know what I mean? So, well, but it did somewhere along the line, something got lost in that and it became a more going, going, going sit and not necessarily silence, but to go and sit more quietly and observe the match rather than fucking get involved. You know what I mean? That's the problem with Anfield and it has been for a few years. You know, that's why you get that this divide between like what we say local fans and out of towners but it's not necessarily that the problem lies with people who don't want to contribute to the atmosphere so I'd rather stand next to a lad from Sweden who's going to sing his fucking lungs out than a scouser who sat down all game on his phone yeah 100% anyone would you can't just age people out you can't say oh you're 65, 70 now you don't want to stand up fuck off what you do say is listen there's probably 50% 50% sitting down in the main stand or the Kenny that are absolutely gutted that want to be where you are. So why don't you just make that decision to fucking like be the bigger man and admit that you fucking your young days are gone and yeah. you're going to have to... It is. Because it, it's a horrible even, thing that's it's, 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 you know, it could be, it could be even easier from, for... You go from standing behind the cop to going, I, I can't do it anymore. I need to go yeah. and sit down side. And you've got to make that decision. But people are yeah. clinging on to these tickets behind the goal and not wanting to fucking stand up. Now's the time to, to do it. Hopefully next season, people who are struggling this season are going to are gonna make that decision and speak to the club and say, we're in a standing-only section from we move. And fingers crossed mm. they do. Yeah. I mean, it might even be a, an easier solution than what people are thinking that because... You know, like, say, for instance, you and your dad didn't go to the game together. You just went separately, which would be a bit weird. But let's just say for dad, this situation, you don't. You know, say you're in a seating section and he's in a standing section. He can't do it for the full game. He might just get in touch with you and go, look, lad, I can't do this anymore. Do you want to swap with me for the rest of the season? And you go, yeah, sad, because you'd want to yeah. stand. How many people know people that go to the game? And it, they might be older than them or younger than them who would rather be where they are. They could just go, look, this is a bit much for me. Can we swap for the rest of the season? Would you prefer to be standing? You know, it could half of it could be resolved just by doing that. Um, I, I, I think there just needs to be a bit of fucking bit of fucking logic about it all, lad, from both fans and the club. Yeah, it's a simple survey. Speak to fucking send the survey out. What's your age? Where is your stands? What's your preference? Sitting or standing? And then just say it by that, and then mm. but don't do it anonymously. So once you've put seating. You get put on a register if your season ticket comes through. You go on a reserve for for the seating part instead of the cop or the or the lower annie. Mm. And as I say, it is just a a thing where you're gonna have to bite your bullet and go. Well, I'm, I'm too old for this shit now, or I don't enjoy standing up for ninety minutes, or I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I offer me um, dad. Oh, my dad wants to go on the cop, but if yeah. I offer me dad one in the main stand, low level where he can see everything and sit there comfortably. He'd probably take it because he, he's got an issue with his back and it, it kills him for days standing up. But he does it because he loves it. He yeah. stands up because he wants to. That's his, that's his chance to go back to being in his youth. All he talks about him, he the matches when he was a kid and stood behind the cop and Shankly and Paisley and takes him back to them days, lad. And that's the beauty of Anfield. It can do that to you. And that's why I understand a lot of the older fellas don't want to part ways with it. But when they are, when you're out moaning the people to sit down because you can't do what you used to do, it is it's time to it's time to move to the sides. Yeah. So off you pop. <laughs> <laughs> um just talking about obviously stands and seats. Obviously, 
the fucking new stand was meant to be opened in time for yesterday. Um, been a fucking just a one nightmare after another with that the recent weeks. Um, firstly, feel sorry for all the fucking people working on it who've had, who fucking lost their jobs. Um, it's a fucking. You are shambles. angry, aren't you? Yeah, very. God, no, um, talking about ten times. <laughs> nah, it, it's just it's it's. I don't understand how the situation can get like that, lad. It's it's terrible. But yeah, I feel sorry for the, everyone who's lost a job, as I say. But I seen I seen it a like a fan video of Salah's penalty. Obviously, it was at the you know then it looked like a friendly because obviously you had the Bournemouth fans there not celebrating, and then the fucking top stand was empty completely, and it just looked a bit mad. But it didn't, from what I've seen and heard, and that it didn't really take away from the atmosphere. Thankfully, no, the atmosphere was brilliant, as I've said a number of times, lad. It was, it was good. Um... Yeah, it was a bit weird seeing that as like a building site, really, and just seeing the empty seats. And but it, when you think of it, apparently, obviously, what's going on in the concourse and that is the is the key issue because you could probably employ fucking chimps to, to go and put them seats in. It's only a fucking drill and a wrench in it, so mm. you could probably get them in. But if I think it's what's going on, obviously, I got a text message to go and do the sparking for five weeks. That was before Buckingham went went down, mm. so. Obviously, that's five weeks of sparking needed. Um, there's lot meant to be loads of plumbing jobs. There's meant to be stuff not fitted. So it's gonna need firms to come in. So it's a fifth fucking kitchen stuff and fridges and all shit like that. So yeah, the miles behind, lad. But so I'm not really asked. It doesn't. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect anyone really. Obviously, it affects the the ticketing system and all that. But that's a shambles anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. That's obviously fucking horrible for the, the lads and girls who've been working on there and I've lost the job. But I just feel like even seeing that lad who was on, on video recording Anfield and he got sacked mm. from Buckingham, it just sounds like a shit thing to work for. I think I think there would have been vibes going through the, the staff that something was about to drop. I think they'd have known a little bit that, that they were struggling. But... Again, it's sickening to know that there's just probably hundreds of people without a job now, without pay that they've done work for, and you've got bonuses getting given out to bosses. So it's just scum. Always but the way, innit? Um, don't expect any more from a firm called Buckingham, do you? No, do you fuck? Um, yeah, I mean, so we need to just get it sorted as soon as possible because it just, I mean, it just doesn't look good <laughs> at, the, at the end of it. Like, it's, it's bad, I think. Um, I think didn't we even have a bit of trouble with fucking? I can't remember the the firm who it was now, but the ones who done the main stand as well wasn't a bit of a few issues with them as well. Yeah, some uh, not that I know personally, but someone has has highlighted something that that struggled for a little bit, but it got done, didn't it? Hmm. And it looked brilliant. I said I, I don't know, I don't really know how that side works. Um, obviously when I when I do big jobs. I take a deposit off the customer towards my materials, so I don't get left in the lurch with that. But it is only a deposit. So say, for instance, I'm on a job now worth about 13 grand all in. My materials are going to cost about fucking four. So every time I hit a stage, I say, give 10%, and that'll mm. cover a part of the materials, a part of the materials, and a part wages for the lad. But I think if they're doing that, where they're ordering concretes and steels and that as a company saying, right, there's 
fucking 200 grand worth of gear pay us 10% and then they haven't got the cash flow to deal with it you're just going to go in an instant just like that but obviously if you haven't got it don't agree to fucking do it sort of yeah. thing you know what I mean so if you haven't got if you can't if you can't run the job with the, the sort of resources you've got then you can't do it so it's on them really yeah yeah um, right last couple of questions for you before we before we wrap up then uh, we've got just under I think now two weeks left of the window if you could pick one name the caller could... <laughs> there you go you've answered the question I was going to say if you could pick one name whether we've been linked with them or not um, that we can bring in whether it's a defensive mid whether it's a left side centre half who would you go for but is the core your man oh do you know what I, I like the core so I put him in the same, not at the same bracket as Casado at the length of Watson, but I, I like him. I like his physical aspects. I like how he looks on the ball without the ball. He, he looks a, a strong player and he's a presence. He's probably a lot more of a presence than Casado, to be fair. Casado hasn't got much about him, but mm. he's good in that role. Meant to be. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> but yeah, Takore got everything we need in that role. As say we've discussed in, in the past. Um, the likes of Douglas Louise and that, similar. Then you've got the Paulina, who's a bit more technical, but he's brilliant at, at winning the ball. The, I would go, I'll go Premier League. I'll pay what it takes to get someone who knows the league and how physical the league can be. That that would be if you you know we could be going for like a, a Kone or Taram and that, but they're not CDMs. They're just midfielders who can do a little bit of everything. We don't need that. We're desperate for a proper CDM who's going to stay there. So. Yeah, go for someone Premier League. Not really asked if it is again, but if you have to pay 20, 30 million pound more to get someone who's experienced and not going to have to learn on the job, just just do it. But I think to Corey, I think his age, I think he's 24. He's been in the league a while. You know, I think he'd be sound. Yeah. I think it um, be interesting to see if he's in the squad tomorrow. Um, I think if he's not and he's not injured, I think something might be in the pipeline there with him, but Wait and see. I do, you know I do like for myself. Yeah. I don't think... Th- I think that's a bit of a mad one with the, the not playing them because it's literally... It's a green, in it? I think if it was me, if I was manager of a team, I wouldn't give a fuck if he got injured and we couldn't sell him. So I'd play him anyway because hmm. obviously they won him. They still won him. But it's a case of if he gets injured for a week, or a couple of weeks and it hinders him and what we've kept out, one of our best players... So I, I think only when you're really forcing a deal or a player out do you see them not playing. So I think you'd definitely play. Mm. And if whatever happens, happens. I think, again, it might be a chance for him to put himself in the shop window and just go, oh, the way he's done that there, yeah, go and get him. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I think there's arguments I, I for and against it, but um, even if he does get injured, then even if he does play and get injured, lad, it might not even hinder the deal. Look at Everton, they've just got that Jack Harrison on loan. He's injured for four or five weeks so how the fuck he's passed the medical I haven't got a clue but so it, it seems that it doesn't even years ago lad Andy Carroll joined those injured I means fuck all these days does it really so well, as long as you haven't got a like a lengthy well, to be fair Carroll did weird kind <laughs> but if you haven't got like loads of injuries and you're past and like sort of like a Thiago where you know he's going to pick up strain after strain after strain after strain then you can sort of get through the medical Knowing what you want to know, and you know, you've got no breaks here, no ligament damage here, nothing, no tissue issue. You've got a little fucking nothing. So, 
Yeah, I think he'll play. I think anyone would have to play. Uh, if you can get him in, and then we can get that Fluminese player, Andre, is it? Hmm. Just not not because I've seen him, not because I like him, just because we're linked, for instance. Just go and get someone in now and go and get him in January. I think I think you're on to a winner. So having three in that role is is maybe a little bit over the top, but in the amount of games we're going to be playing, and there'll be some games where we might need to play two, holding and and calm down a little bit offensively. Then I think I think you're you're always better having more than 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 not. So yeah, yeah. anyone from the Premier League, I'd go for. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, last one to wrap up. Then, um, <clears throat> as you mentioned before, Newcastle next week is going to be a tough game. I'm not going to ask you for a score prediction because we've been shouted after that in the past. Um, but what what do you want to see from from the game? As I say, it's going to be it's going to be a hard game. You look what they've done to Villa, who were a very good team themselves. Last week, put fire past them quite easily. Um, gave gave City problems yesterday, so it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game. But what what would you just like to see from us? Obviously, you'll win. But yeah, it, well, first thing I want to say is McAllister on the pitch because it's fucking things being overruled. That'd be nice. I want yeah. to see Endo starting defensive mid, get him in there. Um, I'd like to see fucking Trent staying right back and staying in position and fucking that flat right off completely for that game because I don't think it works at all I don't think it the benefits don't outdo the negatives from what could go wrong there um, and I want to just see us play with confidence and get Sobersly on the ball get McAllister on the ball get get the lads I want to see Gakpo leading the line and dragging defenders out like Firmino used to do that's what he's so good at doing seeing Diaz or Salah getting in behind like they they should be doing so at the minute everything's a little bit stretched and we're a little bit off in all aspects of how we want to play the game. Because he's trying to rebuild what he wants had, but players aren't playing in the right positions at the minute because of the, the little bit of a crisis we're in. So, yeah, I'd like to see players playing in the right positions now we've got them and just go for them. To think that obviously they're not the best defensive side. It could be a fucking high scoring game, but we know we can outscore anyone. So I just think if we if we just be a little bit cautious of them. And respect them like we should, instead of just going gung ho at them, play the ball round, frustrate them. I think we've got a, obviously a great chance of beating them. Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, yeah, I'd like to see Endo start. I think given that he's he would have had a week training with the lads and that getting used to the system and just just being around them, I think he'd be ready. Um, but against a team like Newcastle, you do need someone who's just going to sit. Um, because they've they're good on the break. Um, they've got a lot of speed in there, good technical players. So they are going to punish us if um, and I do think you're right with with Trent. Just stick to the back four. I think it's, I think it's just not not working. Um, I'd like to see us drop back a little bit with the defense. Because again, they've got the players. You give get uh, Bruno Gimarais. If you let him get on the ball with Isak running behind, we're fucked. Or even Armoron, lad. Armoron's quick. Um. Callum Wilson, they've got a lot of speed up front. So I think if he gets on the ball, lad, and one of them's gone, we're fucked. So I'd, I'd like to see us drop back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to see, I think Nunes would be good in that game. I think Nunes, not necessarily to start, but I don't think he's been getting a lot of time the last couple of games. And I think he needs, he, he can't impact the game in 
15 minutes. He needs longer. He's we've I think we've said it in the past. He's a lot better starting than he is coming off the bench. Um so we need to just we need to try and we've got to try and integrate on that because we've said it ourselves. He's he's chaos, he's fucking he's mad, he's brilliant, but he causes a lot of problems just from his madness alone. Um I think he's taking them off the limelight a little bit. Um, obviously, his fee's being forgotten now, and that that's again good management. Take him out a little bit. That just that um, the storm calm down. Let's get all the um, comparisons out the way. Last yeah. season, that's all gone now, and let him just be who he is. But yeah, he's he's not um, he's not going to change the game in 10, 15 minutes. It takes that that long to warm up. I think preferably, I think. We've discussed positions in the past. I think your options for right forward is Salah, Elliot, and Doak. Um, Elliot's proven to be very, very strong at the minute. In Jürgen's head, he's he's going to be giving him a little bit of a nightmare because he's he's come on in two games and, and looked really good. Yeah. Well, fair play to him. I think forward, you've got to be looking at Gakpo leading the line and Jota coming on off the bench and on the left, Diaz or Nunes starting. I don't think Nunes is is a central striker. I think he needs to be causing havoc and, and cutting in. And it, like he, even against Chelsea, got on the left, cut in onto his right foot and he nearly scored and, and got the winner. That's where he needs to be. Jota just for, for 80 minutes a game just does nothing. <laughs> in some games, but he'll score you the goal, um, which obviously the best strikers do, and that's fine. But I think the way if we want to play like Liverpool of old, where you've got Mane and now Diaz, and you've got Salah on the right, getting in behind, Gakpo's the perfect man to lead the line because he can shoot and score himself, but he's quite happy to drop in, take two men out the game, and let them lads get in. So I think that's what we need to be doing. But yeah, Nunes. I think you need to be starting him on the left. Yeah. That's a problem we've got at the minute, though, like you say, isn't it? You look at someone like Diaz, scored in both games so far this season. Like, at the minute, I know it's only two games in, but you can't be really dropping someone who's in a little bit of a run like that in goal in terms of scoring goals. So, I understand how hard it is for Gergen. It must be fucking... I, I'm sure it keeps him up at night a couple of days before the game. Like, um, But it's, at the same time, it's nice to have these options, isn't it? So... Yeah, it is. I'd say it's it's versatile as well. I think if you put Salah on the left and Diaz on the right, it still works. I think they can go wherever they can all float about where they want. You've got Gakpo can play left, right, and centre. He's remarkable. He's versatile. Um, Nunes can play left, centre. Jota can play left and centre. So I say it's just it's just. I think Jota's a form player. There's not many of them. There's not many like him that actually goes through form. You just get what you get off most players. If they're not playing well, they're still there or thereabouts. He's either not involved, but might make a goal, or he's completely everywhere and on the ball all game. So, yeah, I think I think against Newcastle, I'd like to see Gakpo start up front, and I'd like to see Diaz, Diaz start on the left, Salah on the right, and then you've got your options of like Nunes and Jota to come on and change the game. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I, I'm just. I'm looking for a good performance more than anything. I yeah, think. I just want to see um, us go. At, I want to see us go at them, but with caution and just like we we give them the respect that they, they've merited from the performances last season and the performances this season. So they blew Villa away. Villa have just blew Everton away with absolute ease, which isn't hard. An hard 
fucking veteran team and do that. But <laughs> um, Villa, they just blew Villa away with mm. reasons. You say they caused they caused City issues. If if we if we play like we did in the first twenty minutes against Bournemouth, we could end up being Villa against Newcastle. We could they they have got potential to put three or four past us if we don't defend as a unit. Um, but saying that, it's it's not the defence. It's no longer individual errors that we've moaned about. The lads are winning the ball back when they can. The gaps are just too big. I think Van Dijk and Arte look solid against Bournemouth. At times, Van Dijk looked back to his best against Chelsea at times. Mm. Looked solid again the other day. So he's starting to grow and look back to his old self. But he needs support. And the only way that's going to come is Trent's going back into position, having a centre defensive mid and end all. And them gaps closing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's gonna be a tough one, but um I think we've shown enough just about in the last in the last in the first two games, obviously the first twenty minutes or mad that it just falls in this twenty minutes and it were fucking great for twenty minutes against Chelsea and then shit the rest and then bombed yeah. was the other way around. But um so we've shown a full game at least in the two games where the <laughs> promise there. So as long as we can carry that on, um I'm not I'm not overly concerned. We Always, a lot of the time we do seem to play well against uh, Newcastle. Touchwood, but um, last thing I wanted to just obviously bring up for you. Obviously, after the game, you had a little, uh, you had a good little night in in Hemingways, which obviously was helping you out with Scouts Republic a bit. Yeah, just had a little stall there. Uh, invited a few people to come down and watch Barry something from the Lars do his thing. Um, said the place is brilliant. Boss, boss vibe, the owners sound, all the staff, like family run boozer, um, all the staff are sound. Nice vibe. I wasn't bevying. I was thinking the zeros again. So that's why I'm fresh today. Otherwise, I wouldn't, <laughs> have, wouldn't have done. But yeah, just, just a nice place, lad. And you've got, obviously, customers turning up. A, a fella from Australia, Steve Sricky, who, Liverpool fan, he's, I've sent stuff over to Australia to him and he turns up He's in Liverpool for a week and he's turned up at Hemingway and popped up and was like, hello, lad. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so things like that, yeah. The the buzz for me isn't isn't the selling stuff, it's the seeing people in me stuff sort yeah. of thing. Um, but, yeah, it's nice just being there because everything's online for me. I haven't got a shop yet because I'm only a tiny business. But seeing people rooting through the rails and picking me stuff up and asking for sizes and stuff like that was nice. Yeah. I mean, like job <laughs> <laughs> well no I mean that's something you've said from the very start when you started um like you know even today you put something up on Twitter like the the the, the little lads going to the fucking boss night word and you you saw a slight t-shirt and that yeah and it's just like just little things like that lad it does it's it just I know for you especially like how much that that means to you and just that yeah. stuff like that alone makes it worthwhile for you yeah that's it as I say it's 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 not a lot of people do things for for money, and obviously I, I make a, a few quid off it, but not a major. Make a few quid at top. I don't make hardly anything on the kids tops. I, I, it'd be easier for me realistically not to sell any kids tops because I don't make a profit on them. I just charge them. Like I, by the time I do postage and all that, I don't make hardly. Any, I might make a pound or two on a top. So for what it's worth, but seeing the pictures of the kids and the next generation. Going to matches, going to boss nights to see Webster and all that makes it all worthwhile. It's class. It's um, 
That's why I, I march on, on on Twitter as well about a, a boy's pen and a kid's pen. Just throw all the little ones in, in a fucking area together like they used to in the car and let them all sing their heads off because when you see them boss nights and that, you can't beat them. Yeah, They are they are the future, lad, and they are, if you bring them up singing and dancing and standing up at games and growing up to do what their dad's done and the granddad's done and the great-granddad's, it's a generational thing. Hopefully we can carry that on now because we can fucking stand and sing and that again. Unless yeah. you've got swap behind you on a mobile taking a photo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, lad, say the business is um business is doing well. It's done done dead well over pre-season, which I didn't expect because it's obviously there's no football being played. Again, the best thing, like sometimes it's a form thing. If Liverpool are doing dead well, you get to finals, obviously. He picked the, the favourite designs and he can pick from me or another small business. Obviously, there's loads of us about, so can go to anyone really. But yeah, it's um it's been a bit of a shock how busy it's been through pre-season. And then like all the negativity from the Twitter helmets and all that. You you don't see it in the business. What you see, you see the other side with this is that fuck it. Liverpool aren't doing too well. Let's go and get a new truck. It might be a, someone's lucky T-shirt or something like that. I get that yeah. a lot. I've wore this for this match, so I'm going to wear it the next. And Yeah, it's fucking great, lads. It's great. And obviously, I'm an electrician as well, so this business is a little side thing. Um, but I work for myself as, as a sparking. I've got my own sparking firm. That is just, again, flat out, brand new. Took a risk. Not earning millions of pounds, not earning a lot of money, just getting by. So, like, like so when my mar and I, Jill died, and I didn't go to work for a year, that T-shirt kept me going in my head because I was mm. packaging and posting and ordering. But it actually it gave me enough to get by. So I'm thankful for that. So that's why I put as much into it as I do, lad, because I know that when I've needed it, it's been there and so have the people who support me. So I'm only thank people. That's it. That's it. Now it's oh, been... hell, I'm miserable, aren't I? <laughs> nah, you know what? Like it's it's been it's been boss to watch to watch it sort of rise and obviously you know like you might send me some designs and that before you put them out to see what I think and even me just having that little bit of bit of input lad. It's just I feel like when I'm sharing it and stuff like that and I when you put stuff up like all these ex players and that wearing your stuff like I get proud for you lad. I almost. Get proud, like it's it's fucking my business as well. It's just boss to see, and that's because you have a mate that. But that, that it's it's not even lad. Like but I get happy for like all the other boss little ones as well. Like you know, there's there's loads of boss ones like Paul. Um, is all his t-shirts are boss as well, and when he gets stuff like that as well, I'm happy for him and I share his stuff as well. But obviously for you, it's it's different. But I do lad, I get a buzz out of it myself, and I've got nothing to do with it other than helping you share it a little bit. You know what I mean? So. I must feel for you, lad. Is fucking must be skyrocketed. How oh, it is, it's boss. But as you say, like I do, I get, I I speak to Paul and like we're gonna put our heads together and do something together at some point. Um, again, can't give him enough credit when I've been stuck on little things because I'm by no means the best designer out there. Paul goes to me, you're the best, and I'm like, no, you're the best, and you're the best. <laughs> man. But Paul's absolutely phenomenal at what he does, and yeah, I can't thank him enough for. Little little tips here and there, even things like me van. It was Paul. I messaged Paul and went, I can't get these pixels right to get it as large as I want on me van. Can you sort it? And he just sorted it, lad. Doesn't ask for nothing in return. You know, he's um, he's spot on. So we're going to try and get our heads together 
I'm just getting me myself by with the basics of, of fucking couldn't even touch the sides with the knowledge he's got of the the whole criteria of the design and that. But I'm doing all right, and hopefully he is too. But yeah, yeah there's loads loads of small businesses. I say there's been a few things in the past where you, you when you start off you get a bit paranoid that other people are copying you and you know you feel like there is a rivalry with certain firms and it is it's it's fucking stupid. It is really stupid when you know someone's you, you've seen yourself. There's one who, who thinks I copy him because we we put the same player's fucking name on a t-shirt stuff <laughs> like that. Like oh I've done a top for Zobber slice so no one else can. It's bizarre. So I'm glad I'm out of that fucking trend now where anyone who does a top similar to me, fucking so be it. If it's at the end of the day, you're using a player's name or a design that's already out there. For instance, say the fucking Uruguay flag or badge mm. for Nunes. Yeah. Anyone can edit that to what they want. You haven't robbed the design. You've technically edited the design to shoot what you like. And anyone can do that. If you brought out a, a brand new design, that's your design. The likes of my my Gola bag one with the different stainies and the, the seven pint tin on for the, the older generation. If anyone yeah. does similar to that, then I've got every right to go, come on, mate, that's fucking so alike mine, that. But yeah. all it takes is a message to say, listen, mate, I've already done something to that. And nine times out of ten people will go, fucking hell, sorry, mate. And that's how it works. But yeah. not that arse, lad. If no, people, people there's, there's some out there like that that are a bit like tribalistic with it, and ah, oh, this is this looks this has got the same word on as mine, or fucking this has got the same color on as mine. It's like, and what, like, <laughs> and and I again, like you say, I know at the start you were a bit like that yourself, but that's only because you were starting out, and since then, obviously, you know, you're not in that mindset now with it, but there is still people out there like that, and it's just it's just mad. There's, an, there's enough Liverpool fans in the world on Twitter for everyone to have a good fucking share of, of the success. Exactly, lad. And if you're doing stuff people like, that's like, the one thing I don't try and do is I don't try and gauge what people like. I bring out what I like mm. and what I'd wear. And then sometimes I'll message you and go, what, do you reckon, you, would you wear that? Or do you reckon that, can you see me in that sort of stuff? And it's like, well, there's been times where you go, maybe not. And I go, mm. yeah, fucking I agree, actually. And then you start changing your mind and that, but yeah, that's what I do. I bring out top. I've you want it, my wardrobe fucking there is literally there's every one of my tops I've ever brought out is in that because I wear them. I don't just make them to sell to people, I don't have categories or whatever. I just make them and I like them and I put them on the website. And if people like them, they buy them. And it's it's nice to be able to do that. That's it. Um well now look, it's we know it's gonna continue. Um people know where to find you by now. Um, I'm open to have a stall at least one game a month somewhere close to the stadium. But I won't say anymore because it's in talks. But I am open that one game a month I will have myself a little setup where people who are coming from abroad can order online and pay no shipping and come and pick up, which I'd love to be able to do because there's so many so much support from over the world. I get messages all the time, but because of Brexit and shit like that, lad, it is some people are paying about the same as much as they pay for the top to just receive it and yeah. vile. So I'm open. I'm open. I can do that where I can say, right, I'll be in this area on this game 
hold your top and I'll bring it with me. Come and grab it. And that'll be nice to be able to do that for the, the foreign supporters. Um, and likewise, hopefully have a bit of stock there so people who are passing by can pick a few bits up. But I'll say no more. No, <laughs> definitely. But uh, look, as I say, people know where to find you by now, but it's at Scouse Republic on Twitter. Um, same on Instagram, but doesn't underscore at the end. Um, so make sure you're following and, and buying off them if you see anything you like. Um, but look, I say Newcastle next week, so we will um we'll be back obviously after that game talk about that. Um, but for now, up the reds. Up the reds. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>